Welcome everyone to the Oave Torah, Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur is Daf Mem Zayin. We will begin on Daf Mem Vav Amud Bet. The words, Ela Miha Ditnan. Towards the bottom of the page, about six lines from the bottom. The discussion at hand is a statement where um, Rabbi Yochanan was saying that when Rameir and Rabbi Yehuda, the Tanaim are arguing, the Halakha is like Rabbi Yehuda. When Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi are arguing, the Halakha is like Rabbi Yossi. And of course, if Rameir and Rabbi Yossi are arguing, Halakha is Rabbi Yossi. So it seems like the order of Halakha would be Rabbi Yossi on top, Rabbi Yehuda second, and Rameir third. Not only that, supposedly, also, when Reb Shimon would argue with Reb Yossi, Reb Yossi would trump Reb Shimon. And Reb Yehuda as well. Now, says the Gemara as follows. Trying to bring a proof. Ela We were saying before that we, don't, we do not hold of this general set of rules. All these rules that we have, we wanted to disprove these rules because Rabbi Masharishi says we don't hold them. Says the Gemara, where's Rabbi Masharishi's source? What's the problem with these rules? Perhaps the following Mishnah might be the source. It says in Eruvin, if you have a city that was owned by one person, Right? Okay. Vina'asit shalarabim. Then all of a sudden, a lot of people came into the city, became a public city. This is look at exactly what a public city is, but a public city needs an eruv. And it could be a shutarabim de oraita. And a yachid cannot be. Some say it means 600,000 people. There's other opinions as well. Either way, ma'arvin et kula. You can make it eruv on the whole thing. Just like it was beforehand. Just like when it was a Yechid, you could do it. When it was a Rabim as well. If it was a Rabim, but if it was a public one and it became a private one, let's assume for the 600,000 people, it used to have 600,000 people, and now there aren't as many. And Ma'avrim et Kula. You can't make a roof on the whole thing. Elam can also chutzala ki'ir chadasha shebihuda. If you make an area outside the Eruv that's as large as a city called Chadasha, which is in Yehuda, which has 50 inhabitants. So you have to leave at least 50 people out of the Eruv in order for the Eruv to be kosher. When you started off as a city of public and you lowered it to private. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda. These are the words of Yehuda. Rabbi Shimon Omer. Rabbi Shimon says, Shalosh Adam. You don't need that many people, 50 people. It's enough if you have two chatserot, two chatsers, and there are two batim in, the, in each chatser, and therefore, the total that you have in the place is basically six houses. He said the halachas like Rabbi Shimon. Uman paligaleh, 
And who argues? And Rabbi Yehuda is arguing. When Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon are arguing, we said before, Va'amata, didn't we say before that Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon and And here we're saying that Lecha is like Rabbi Shimon. So that could be a proof that we don't go with the Klalim. So the Gemara says, not necessarily. My Kushya, Dilma Hachanami, Hechadi Itmar Itmar, Hechadi Lo Itmar, Lo Itmar. When did we say the rules? The rules are said when, the, when we don't mention anywhere who the halacha is like. That's when we go with the rules. But here, since it was mentioned halacha, can it be Shimon? So we're not talking about a case like this. So perhaps the ideas of these klalim could work anyway, as long as you don't know that the halacha is like anybody. So where do we know that Rameshayish says that we don't learn these halachot from? He says, well, I'll tell you where we know it from. El mehadetanan hamaniachem betov halach l'shbot b'irachelet echad nochli veechad yisrael asu oser. If a person leaves his house and he goes to do Shabbat in another city, whether it's a goy or whether Yisrael oser, let's explain what's going on over here. A guy has an eruv with the people in his chaser. Okay. Imagine there's three houses there, and what, and each guy contributes bread to the eruv, and they're allowed to carry from the house to the chatzer because of the power of this eruv. Now, what happens <coughs> if one of the guy in the houses decides he's going to his in-laws in another town for Shabbat, so he's not around for Shabbat? So whether the guy is a goy or a Jew, or said, a court, the mayor holds that you make it that the people can't carry anymore. Why? Because you have the shoot to the Hatzer and you're not included in the Eruv. Meaning, you're allowed to be there and you weren't included in the Eruv because you're in another town. So therefore you're out. Okay? That's our mayor. Rabbi Huda says, and also, he says, since he's not there, since you're going to be in another town over Shabbat, you don't need to contribute, and therefore everyone could carry as if you weren't there, as if you were there and included. And Rabbi Yossi depends. Rabbi says it depends. It depends if you're a goy or a Jew. If you're a goy, since the goy could come back on Shabbat to town because he's not restricted by any problems and he could come to town so since when he comes back he has the right to be there he'll make it asur because he didn't contribute to the eruv or he wasn't bought out in the eruv the rule is a goy included in your chatzer needs to be you have to buy out the rights from him with a dollar this goy was not bought out he wasn't in town and since he has the ability to come back he can mess up your eruv even if the guy left and he went to stay by his daughter in the same town. And all said, He doesn't make it a sword, even though he could come back to his house. According to which one, he's fine. The Amar of Chamabag Yuramarav, Halachakrabi Shimon. So you see, the rabbi said that the Halachah is following Rabbi Shimon, that it's fine. Oman Palak Rabbi Yudah. Didn't we say that our chas was followed to be Yehuda, and here we follow to be Shimon? It's a proof against it. So we have the same answer. Again, in this case also, we give the same answer that 
since over here it says halacha kerebi shimon, you can't bring a proof from this case. Okay. Maybe this is the source. It says, there's a Mishnah that says later on, that if a guy's walking on Erev Shabbat who has no bread, what could he do? He can make an Eruv Techumin with his feet. He can stand where he wants to make the Eruv, and he could say, this is my house. And we said in the Mishnah, we said that a poor man who has no bread is able to make a roof with his feet. So now, the question is, when we said that Anani could do it, was it Dafka Ani or anyone can? Only Anani could do it. But a, a rich man who has bread has to use the bread. Rabbi <coughs> Daumer, whether you're rich or whether you're poor, you could do it. So then why do they say, for the, why do they say you should do make it with bread? If anyone could do it, why do they say you should make it move with your feet? Actually, according to Rabbi Uda, anyone could use either feet or bread. Ani can't use bread because he doesn't have bread. And the Ashir could use both. So why do we mention bread? Because bread makes it easier on the Ashir. Because the Ashir, when he has bread, he doesn't have to actually go there. He could stay in the comfort of his own home and use his bread to make his, his Eruf. But according to a mayor, no, it's specifically an Ani. So that's a Machlok, a mayor and a Behuda. And we know the rule should be that you follow Rabbi Yehuda according to, if we're following the rules. And the rabbi said that it's whether you're rich or whether you're poor. So Rav told him back, The end of the Mishnah says that the halachah is the Kibudah. So he asked the Why would we have to say in the Mishnah. If we have the rules that say Rabbi Yehuda, we always follow Rabbi Yehuda. And here you can't tell me, well, because it says it, because Zimmer says no, the same thing. So we, I'm sorry, we want to say over here, obviously you don't hold the Kalim, because the fact that you have to tell me means that Rav doesn't think that the claim are, are necessary, that are, are true, that's why he needs to throw into the Mishnah these extra words that the halacha is like Rabbi Yudah. Morris is not necessarily. Maybe it's true that Rav doesn't hold like the Kalim, but the Kalim were mentioned by Rabbi Yochanan, and therefore Rabbi Yochanan does hold to them. And therefore Rav had to add, add it to the Mishnah that halacha is like Yudah, but Rabbi Yochanan would not agree. So again, we're still stuck looking for a source of a Mashiach here to get rid of the Mishnah. It says, A lady whose husband passed away with her kids, She has to wait three months before she gets remarried, before she does Yibum or Chalitza, in order that we could figure out whose kid she's carrying. Because if she has a baby seven months later, we don't know if it's really the dead husband, 
or it's the new husband. Unless they wait three months, this way we'll be able to tell if she's pregnant by then, and then we'll know who the child is. Also, the rest of the ladies who got divorced or widowed, they have to wait three months. Whether she's a Betula, uh, a woman who was never married, or she was uh, already married. Whether she was engaged or fully married. Regardless, we say, we always make them wait three months in order that nobody ever gets married faster. We want to make sure that nobody gets married before three months, so we don't let anyone, even a girl who you don't have to worry that much, she might be pregnant because she's a bitula and she's only arusa, still will make them wait three months in order that no one ever gets married prior to that. All this is Tanakama. Rabbi Yudao, man, the suot it arusu, arusot. So, according to Buddha, he says different rules. He says, if you're Nasui, if the girl was married, so the, for she might really be pregnant, the rule is she can get engaged, but she can't get fully married. If she's an Arusa, and she, we know she's definitely not pregnant, then she she's actually going to get allowed to get married within the three months. Except for the place in Yehuda, because in Yehuda we know that they used to make the husbands, the engaged husbands, be alone with their wives, and we're worried that maybe they might be pregnant even younger than that, even before the Nisuin. But regardless, Rabbi Yehuda is allowing, is being lenient. Rabbi Yossi says that anyone can get engaged. We don't make any things. Except for a woman who's a widow. Because she has to be avail on her husband. But otherwise, she can get engaged. Everyone get engaged right away. One time, Rabbi Azar didn't go to Bimadash. He saw Rabbi Asi standing. So he asked him, What's the news? What happened to Bet Midrash? And he told him, He says, The halacha is like Rabbi Yossi, who allows you to get married right away. Now, the fact that Rabbi Yossi had to say that the halacha is like Rabbi Yossi, it sounds like Tanakama, who disagrees on him, is a Yahid. But if it was a Rabim, then he would go like him against that. He would go like the Rabim against Rabiosi. And We want to say yes, Tanakama, who disagrees and doesn't allow you to get married for three months, is only a single rabbi. Vahatanya, which we see, this Vahatanya is Minichuta, Rashi says. Vahatanya, the proof to that is, If you have a woman who before the divorce, she went to her father's house, or 
or she wasn't talking to her husband, so we know that she didn't have relations. Or the husband was too old or sick to have relations. Or she was too sick to have relations. Or she was akala, or she was barren, she can't have kids, or she was or she's or she was very old or very young and she couldn't have relations, or Ilonit, or she was a lady who could never get pregnant. Or her husband's in jail, in all these cases she can't be pregnant. Or if she ready, if she ready had a miscarriage after her husband died, Kulan, all these ladies, they have to wait three months to very marry. That's what Mary says. Ribiosi Matilares, let's do it right away. You see that Ramir is a single opinion here. So the first opinion was Ramir. Mara says, Lamali. So why do I need why does Rabbi Yochan have to tell me that Halakha in this case? Follows Rabbiosi, Hamatomiosi, we know that Ramir and Rabbi will always follow Rabbiosi. That's the rules. Must be a proof that we don't go with the rules. And maybe this is why Ramashashi says we don't go with the rules because of this Gemara. Because we have to say, if you're saying Halakha is like Rabbiosi, it sounds like if you didn't tell me, I wouldn't know. It sounds like I mean, that means you don't go with the rules. Mara says again, my kusha. There is a rabbi called Nachmashmuel who says that Remeir, we always go with him whenever he makes a gezerah. And since in this case, it's not a question of who the halacha is like, it's whether or not we follow Remeir's gezerah. This is a gezerah that if we let an engaged girl get married quick, we might let a married girl also. Since that's a gezerah, this rabbi holds we hold like Remeir and gezerahs. And therefore, over here, you might have thunk that we should follow a man. That's what we have to say. So that's not the proof. We're trying again. We have a brighter. It says, You could go to the marketplace of a goy. You could buy an animal or a slave. Or you could buy a house or a vineyard or a field. And you're allowed to put the document registered in their courts. Even though you're not supposed to go to a court of a goy. This is okay. Why? Because by doing that, you're protecting the Jewish money. Because otherwise, if you don't do that, then you'll end up throwing out the Jewish money because they won't keep it up if you don't go to the, the goyim. Let's say the Kohen is one of the guys who's buying it. He's allowed to go out to Chutzlaaretz, which normally the Kohen is supposed to stay in Israel because he's not supposed to get Tameh with the Gizera of the Chachamim. When you go out of Israel, you become Tameh. Even if you can go to Chutzlaaretz for this, why? to go to go have a court case about the field that he purchased. According to this, not only can you go to Chutzlaz, if we can get Tameh by going to Chutzlaz, you're allowed to even go through a cemetery to get to the court to protect your money in such a case. Yes, the Gemara. You think you can go through a cemetery? It's It's one thing to go to Chutz Aretz that you get Tameh and Rabbanan. Okay, we can let a Kohen do that. But to let him go to the Kibbutz, Torah says you can't do that. Why? Because he's trying to save your money. Can you go against Yisur Doraita? 
We're not talking about a real Beit Kivrot. We're talking about a Beit Kivrot, which is a, a field, which was plowed, and there's this effect that maybe there might be pieces of a corpse around the field. That could make you Tameh. But it's only Tameh, and that's why Kohen could go through that field in order to protect his money by the court of a Goy. So the Brayta continues, He could also be Tameh with these Chumat Chutz if he has to find a wife to marry. Let's say his wife has to get married, there's a girl who needs to get married over there, he can go there and marry her. Or to learn Torah, he has to go, he's allowed to do it. That's if you can't find anyone to teach you in Israel or to marry in Israel. But if you find someone to teach you in Israel, you shouldn't go out even to the Baran. <coughs> All that is Rabbi Huda. Even if you can find a rabbi over here, you still should get Tamir to leave. Why? The fee turned the page. Not everyone feels a connection with a rabbi everywhere. So just because I have a qualified rabbi who I don't have to get Tamir for, if this rabbi is working well for me, I'm allowed to go to Chutzlars to go to him because I can't always assume that all rabbis are the same. There's a rabbi called Yosef Kohen who went to visit his rabbi all the way in Sidon, which is Tyre, a city in Lebanon. Even though he could have found other rabbis in Israel, he, this is his rabbi, so he went out. So we see that the story is true. Rabbi Yochan says about this, that he could leave because you can't find, like Rabbi Yossi says, you can't always find a rabbi who could teach you well. Now I asked the Gemara, Lamali, why should Rabbi Yochan have to say that Rabbi Yochan was the original rabbi who originally said the rules? I mean, I would have thought if I hadn't had this second ruling that back going to I would have thunk, that's only true when the rabbis are arguing in a Mishnah. The rabbi said the rules. But here, the rabbis are arguing a Brita, maybe not. Therefore, I tell you that even in Brita, we go like Rabbi Yossi, not just in, in Mishnayot. Because the rules might have been only by Mishnayot. Says so another proof. No, there's another way to explain Rabbi Masharshia, why he says we don't hold the rules. When he said we don't go like him, he doesn't mean that we don't go like him. He's saying that not everyone agrees with him. Because we know that Rav doesn't hold like them. But that doesn't mean that, no, we, we don't hold them. We could hold them, but Rav doesn't hold them. Okay, now we're going to go back to the subject of Erubin. Says the Gemara as follows: Ama bihuda mashmul chefse nachri and konin shvita. The items of a goy do not kone shvita, and therefore, on Shabbat, if there's an item that's owned by a goy, you're allowed to move them as far as you can move them on Shabbat, assuming that there's a roof, and therefore. We don't say that if the Goy lived to the east, 
and the Jew lived to the west, we don't say that the Jew can't take this further than the Goy could go. No, since the product belongs to a Goy, you could take it as far as you want, and it doesn't get the Shvita, it doesn't get the Eruv Techumin of a Goy. It doesn't get the Techum of a Goy. Says the man, who is Shmuel saying this rule for? Like, if he's going like a Rabbanan, who said that have care things don't have a Shivita of 2000 Amot. Pshita, of course. If Hefke things don't acquire Shivita, then things of a goy, the itu who have an owner, we buy, of course, if they have an owner, they follow the owner. And therefore, just like the goy, has no limit where he could carry his stuff. So his stuff follows the goy. Because over here, if it follows the goy, since the goy could walk 2,000 or 20,000 amot on Shabbat, so can the goy's um, flower pot go 20,000 amot. And therefore, could be moved anywhere. The question according to Yerucham Minuri, because Yerucham Minuri says that healthcare things have only 2,000 amot. So the chidush over here must be that the only time Rabbi Yochanan Nuri says that hefker things have 2,000 amot is because they're hefker. And since they're hefker, so hefker items have no owner, so therefore they get 2,000 amot. But uh, something that's actually owned by Pablo when Shabbat starts, since Pablo is the is the owner of the product, therefore it follows his shivita and it could go anywhere. So Shmuel is saying his law according to Rokhom Nuri. May TV there's a question. If you borrow something from a goy, be yomtov on yomtov. Can much ill and okay if you lend to the goy. May it have yomtov. Vechzidoni returns it to you, right? If you borrowed and he returned it to you, or if you have fruit or storage houses, which were in the tchum of the city, they go to that outside the city. If you have a guy who brought fruit from outside the tchum, you shouldn't move it from its place. Since it left the tchum of the goy, if the goy the goy has only 2,000 amot, and since it left the tchum, so you're not allowed to move it more than 4 amot. Now it sounds like when a goy has something, it has... If Rebbe holds that the Goy stuff is Konei Shvita, Hamani Rebbe Yochum Nuri, so we can say it's Rebbe Yochum Nuri. But if you hold that Rebbe Yochum Nuri, who says two times more for half care, holds that the Goy stuff doesn't have Shvita at all, can go anywhere it wants, Hamani Lord Rebbe Yochum Nuri, Lord Bernan, this doesn't feel like anybody. It doesn't feel like Rabbi Yochanan Minuri because 
Rabbi Yechonimunu would say that you could go anywhere at once, and it doesn't feel like the Rabbanan. It would be obvious according to the Rabbanan. So this is going to know. Really, holds that when Goy owns something, it's the same thing as Hefker owning something, and therefore has two thousand or more in every direction. Shmuel says that Goy's stuff doesn't have Shavita. He's going like the Rabbanan because they hold that Hefker can have no Shavita. And therefore, a goy also. If the government this that you asked before, the rabbanam shita. Of course, it doesn't. If it, meaning, if a, if hefker doesn't, of course, a goy doesn't. Why should it be any difference? Maudim, I would have thunk. Really, really, hefker and goy is of course the same, and really, both of them should have no shvita. But there's more of a reason for the rabbis to make gizera on something owned by a goy than hefker. Because hefker is visibly different than something owned by a Jew. But something owned by a goy and something owned by a Jew might be mixed up. And therefore the rabbis make a gizera and say, don't let a guy, don't let something that's owned by a goy get moved because then maybe somebody will move something that's owned by a Jew also. Kamashmah, therefore Shmuel has to come to tell you that we don't worry about it and therefore they hold that it's not Kodesh Shemitah. So Rabbi Abba disagrees, and he holds that not like Shmuel, that something owned by a goy has shivita like a goy. So here's the story: Hanu Dichri, there were these goats. So on Yom Tov, they came to the town of Marvachta, and Rava told the people of Mechuzah they could buy them, even though, and buy them and use them on Yom Tov for the Suda, Shechtam, make a Suda. Why is that? I guess because Mechuzah and Marvachta were close enough to each other that they could bring it. Amalar Ravina Rava, my datach, he says, Ravina asks Rava, why are you letting this? You want to say it's because Rabbi Huda told Shmuel that when a goy owns something, there's no shivita and therefore go out of the tomb. Ha, Shmuel, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, we go like Rabbi Yochanan against Shmuel. Right? And Rabbi Yochanan says that there is a shivita. We just said before. So then Rava, when he heard this question that he's supposed to go like Rabbi Yochanan, he said they should sell, instead of selling it to the people in his town in Mechuza, they should sell it to the people in Mavachta. And then they can move it anywhere in the city. Because the whole city of Mavachta is like four Amot. But you can't take it out of the city, and therefore the Mechuza the people would not be able to. He basically, he retracted. Tani learned. If you have a fishnet, which is in the water. 
which is on the borderline of Tchum Shabbat. So you have a fish that's there on the border. Sarich Mechitzaj Peshel Bazel Lafsiko Mechit. You would need an iron wall to stop in between the two sides of the pool. So basically you have a pool for fish. And in order to stop the fish from going from one side to the other, in case you pull out any other guy to eat them, you would need to make sure that there's an iron fence to stop it. I guess to make sure that things that are from one side of the mechitza don't go to the other side of the mechitza. The problem here is if people on one side of the tchum are going to take water from the same reservoir or pool that we're talking here, since the water might come from the other side of the tchum, there's a problem that you can't use water that was out of your tchum. And the only way to allow it is with an iron fence, according to this statement. says, thought that this was funny, and he smiled. Says, My time, why was he smiling? If the reason why it's strict is because is why he smiled is because in the brighter he's going like a Rebbe Menuri that Hefker things have a shvita and he goes like the Rebbe and Hefker things have no shvita and it can go anywhere. If you're strict. Do you smile at someone? If you're lenient, do you smile at someone who's strict? So what? You go like Rabbanan. Do you smile at anyone who goes like a real Rabbanan? That's funny. Maybe the reason why you smiled is because we learned that when you have a spring or you have a running river, they're like regular Adam and they could go anywhere and therefore there's no tchum on them. Says, so therefore, maybe that's why he's smiling, because there's a bright against it. That would be a good reason to smile, but Mars says not necessarily, because even the bright is not conclusive proof against this statement that was made by Rebchia, because, by the way, Rebchia is brighter when the rabbi is smiling, he's smiling that maybe the bright is not a good bright, because Rebchia is also a talent. says, maybe this story with Rebchia is talking about a case where it wasn't moving water. Moving water is correct. Maybe it was mechunasim, which was um, water that is gathered and is not moving. In fact, maybe the reason why he's smiling is because he said that you need an iron gate. What's wrong with a gate made out of reeds? Because water goes through it. Even if you have one made of iron, water could still get through and therefore he was laughing because the rabbis are being strict and requiring iron in order for it to be not water permeable when even iron is water permeable. Rather the reason why he was laughing is because the rabbis are being lenient over here. Even though the water gets through the rabbis are being lenient because they want to allow water because water is such an important thing so the rabbis are allowing water so why is he smiling tabla. 
So in other words, since the rabbis are being lenient, the rabbis will allow any type of mechitza, even if it's not so permanent. Kidu tabla, dabai tabla, can a hanging mechitza allow you to carry in a churva? In a broken building. So he told him, a hanging mechitza only works in the water. Because the rabbis are lenient by water. And therefore, that a hanging mechitza, even though water could go through, was enough. And the reason why he was smiling is because <coughs> why would you need a mechitza barzel? If even a hanging mechitza is good, of course, anyone should be good also. Okay? We're stopping over here on the memchet amur alaf at the words, v'chachamim, we're at the two dots. Baruch Adonai le'olam, amen ve'amen.